The Happy Hammers aren't quite so happy at the moment. They failed to strengthen in the winter window. They made an utter mess of Capgate. And their recent results on the pitch suggest that a top four finish is beyond them. As we know, they are massive. But will they be massively disappointed at the end of the season? I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. Someone who's always happy is my regular wingman, Mark O'Hare. Uh, Mark, I was amazed that West Ham didn't try to sign a player like Wout Weghorst in the winter window because he would have provided cover and competition for Mikel Antonio, would have been perfect for their Europa League campaign. And I think on a more serious note, everyone was quite shocked at having been filmed attacking his cats. Kurt Zuma started that game against Watford in midweek. I know that David Moyes has tried to paint that as a football decision, but ultimately the club should have taken that out of his hands and he should have missed at least the first game. Yeah, um, I don't know what to add, really. I, I purposely didn't watch the video because... I don't want to have to see uh, what happened there, but obviously from the reports, um, it sounded pretty horrendous. And yeah, it's dreadful. That, it is yeah, dreadful. I mean, I, no... I don't need to see that sort of stuff. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge animal lover, so I'm sure most people are. It's just not something that you need in your in your men, in your mind, really. But uh, I'm happy to read the reports and take everyone else's opinion on it. And it, it sounded horrendous. And yeah, absolutely staggered to be honest when the team sheets came out, and it wasn't as if they were short on centre backs. They had Issa Diop on the bench and. They were playing Watford at home, so it wasn't as if they were playing a top four rival. So, yeah, shocked by it. I think uh, David Moyes has, has slightly tarnished his reputation as well in which in the way in which he's gone about his business and tried to explain his thinking behind it. And I wouldn't be too surprised if the FA didn't step in now and, and at least do some sort of uh, uh, ban um, kind of retrospectively because uh, something needs to be done. Uh, it's all right West Ham finding him a couple of way, couple of weeks' wages, but that's a, a minor dent in, in a very rich man's pocket. So um, we've seen them kind of step in and make sort of a similar sort of bans for similar sort of, uh, not similar sort of uh, issues, but um, in the past. So I'd hope they'd step forward and do the right thing here because, uh, yeah, obviously the, the widespread condemnation of the events is, uh, you know, everyone's feeling the same way about it and uh, West Ham are coming out of it looking pretty poorly. Yeah, I know. Obviously, we don't want to engage in whataboutery, but I just think if if Kieran Trippier can get a 10-match ban for what he did last season and Zuma doesn't get anything for that, I, I would find that really quite extraordinary. If, if Zuma was um, uh, a reserve team player or a, an under-19 player, he'd probably be sacked by now. So um, that's the kind of thing that kind of really gets on my goat, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, football has work to do. Uh, he's been uh, treating his beloved XG robots with the due care and attention required all season. The data doctor is back. Jake Oscarthorpe from Infogol. Uh, Jake, on the football side of things, West Ham go to Leicester on Sunday. Fox is a bit of a mess at the moment. Um, Brendan Rogers talking about a lack of hunger, needs to change things in the summer. It does feel like a team that's getting towards the end of a cycle. I look at teams in Europe like Borussia Mönchengladbach and there's a similar vibe, I think. When you've got players who are basically looking at the exit door and thinking, what is my next move? kind of spreads that uncertainty around the club, doesn't it? It does, yeah, and, and it's a bit of a shame, really, because they've actually accumulated a really good squad of players that could do some quite a lot of damage. I mean, they have done in the last few years, as you mentioned, they 
you know, nearly broke into the top four twice. They won the FA Cup, breaking sort of a top six hole on that. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit a bit sad to see, uh, especially the way in which it's going down, really, because <laughs> ultimately they're going down in flames, aren't they? I mean, every I think a Sunday league team could roll up and score a couple of goals at the King Power. Um, and that's ultimately where my fancy in this game comes from. I mean, West Ham to win the game at around 2.46 appealed to me straight away, um, along with a, a high-scoring game, BTTS and overs. Um, you know, that statistically, and again, this is before, we've recorded this before Leicester actually go to Anfield. So this could get a lot worse because Liverpool have been on a bit of a tear themselves this season. Um, statistically, the Foxes are actually the worst defence in the Premier League, uh, worse than any of the relegation contenders. Um you know, worse than the Newcastles, the Norwiches. They're allowing the only team in the league that are allowing more than two expected goals against per game, uh, and that just shows just how easy they are to play against. And you know, we saw in the FA Cup last week that Nottingham Forest they created tons of good chances. They were so easy to play against, so open. Um, and West Ham they thrive in these types of contests. You know, midweek all the off the pitch stuff kind of took precedent over West Ham's win over Watford but that was a game in which Watford basically rolled up and were trying to get an illegal draw and they very nearly did their, their job was just to sit deep and try and limit what West Ham Leicester won't do that Leicester will play on the front foot and ultimately leave space for, for the Hammers to exploit and as I've said that's one of the areas they have really exceeded in this or excelled in this season is um, you know, picking teams apart on the break and, and taking advantage of the space they're given, the likes of Antonio, Bowen, Fornals, Lanzini if he plays, Ben Rama. We've got a lot of good players that can cause a lot of damage to what is a very bad Leicester back line. Um, so for me, I'm all on the West Ham train. Trader and betting expert Emmett O'Keefe is with us once again. And Emmett, it's a really interesting one, this, this Leicester situation with the defending, because it's a failure of coaching. Brendan Rodgers has to carry the can partially for this because it's not just about individual defenders. It's about finding a way to limit teams. But also it is down to individual defenders. Suyunshu, I think, has swapped with Lord Farquhar from Shrek uh, at some stage because Lord Farquhar wouldn't be any worse, I don't think, at the back. I mean, Fofana's injury was massive, wasn't it, at the start of the season? I think so. I think he was kind of the yeah. He, he kind of made, made that back three work with with his kind of his pace to cover him behind. But I think as you say, like it's kind of there are things that are outside Brendan Rodgers' control. They've have had injury problems this year. I think J- Jamie Vardy has, re- has shown. I think he started to decline last season. He's shown. I think the real decline has, has come this season. Players. He's like also three hundred years old. Emmett. Exactly. So exactly. 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 I'd be fair. Like they, 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 the rest of the reason they signed Patson Dacca was, yeah. uh, it was what was to mitigate that. And uh, you can say, okay, Sumara and Dacca take time to bed in. Again, that's kind of outside Rogers' control. But as as Jake said, like they're just their defensive stats are just are, are too bad to be true. Only Burnley have conceded more shots per game than Leicester, and, and as Jake mentioned the XG figures. It's just it's starting to feel like the kind of the end of uh, Rogers' time at Liverpool, where they were a real shambles defensively. And people might yeah. remember that that last game against Stoke was like an absolute. Oh, destroyed. I remember it well. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So the I think the it, it's. It's I'm I think it's it's a, it's a real test actually of Rogers' coaching credentials whether he can get them back to kind of a decent level toward the end of the season. At the moment, it looks like it's only heading one way. Um, and, and given Leicester's defensive issues, the bet I like for this game is Jar Bowen in the goal score markets. 
yeah. if you look at the kind of the, the way the market's looking at the first goal score prices, generally uh, Mikel Antonio's around a nine to two or kind of five to one favorite for first goal score, and Bowen Bowen's around kind of thirteen to seven to one. But actually, uh, like their their xG per game, shots per game, and goals the season are nearly identical, and you're and you're getting Bowen at a far bigger price. Uh, uh, Bowen, I think Bowen's one of the like, is, kind of, is developing into one of the best wide forwards in the Premier League, and I think I, I think anything around thirteen to him to score first, and even might be worth the throwing a few euro and him score two or more at around 12 to 1. Yeah, I fully agree with that. I think Bowen's been terrific this season. There's a reason why Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp have uh, looked at him off and on uh, for quite some time. Now, we know it's frustrating when you get frozen out of a bet. So Betfair is now offering no cash-out suspensions on match odds, over-under and goal markets on the sportsbook, even during VAR reviews or when there's a penalty. First sign of the apocalypse, Newcastle looking for a third straight win as they face Aston Villa. Uh, Jake, to be fair to Eddie Howe and to Newcastle, I think they've actually recruited largely pretty well. I think Bruno Guimaraes is going to be a fantastic signing for them in midfield. Trippier already is making a massive impact. Yes, he scored that free kick, but it's also about a bit of leadership, a bit of know-how, a bit of quality on that right-hand side. I think Target will do well on the left. They do look, of the teams down there, they look like the team who's got the momentum. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I think just the signings in general, new faces in the door, top quality signings, lifts the place automatically, doesn't it? You know, as you said, people looking at uh, Gimaresh and thinking, what? hold on, he's in our dressing room. Like, Man United, Liverpool will link with him. Like, we, we, you know, we might be all right. All of a sudden, you get a big lift, a big boost. And I also think that credit to Eddie Howe, because I know it was midweek, it's one game uh, against a really bad Everton team, but, you know, he went gung-ho attacking football. I mean, the lineup was just insane. You know, Willock, Shelby, Joel Linton, Fraser, Wood, St. Maximan was the front six with Trippier and Target as your, as your fullbacks. I mean, there's, there's not one real defensive-minded player in there. Um, and I think that, <clears throat> with, the, with the quality they have in forward areas, it's similar to what we were saying with Everton and Leeds in the Saturday show, is that attack is ultimately their best form of defence. Um, you know, that if the more you can get some maximum on the ball on a game-by-game basis, the better chances you're going to have of winning games because he is probably one of the best players outside of the top six when it comes to individual quality. Um, and, you know, the fact that they put up three over three expected goals in midweek is a, hopefully a sign of things to come from Newcastle's perspective. And, you know, while, while Aston Villa had shown signs of being solid and resolute under Aston, uh, under Steven Gerrard, XG, they've conceded a one and a half expected goals against per game uh, since his arrival, which is sort of middle of the pack. Uh, it's not it's not sensational. It's not like really sort of what I was expecting to see from Gerrard, given how sort of tight and uh, and cautious his Rangers team were. Um, but, you know, going forward, they've signed some, you know, Coutinho. He looks irresistible. Oh, my God, Coutinho against Leeds. It's one of, you know, how many players can take over a game in 14 minutes, which is basically what he did. Scored the goal, set up Jacob Ramsey for a couple of goals. Absolutely superb. But what I would say about that game is that defensively, I thought they were hopeless. Villa in that game because Tyrone Mings was all over the place. Konsa came up with one of the most boneheaded red cards <laughs> I've seen in over 20 years of broadcasting. Utterly, utterly ridiculous. Um, and I do worry about them defensively. I, I think you're right. I think going forwards, electrifying, but at the back, all over the shop. 
Yeah, you've segued to my bet perfectly there because I'm looking oh, at both teams to score because, as you've said, Villa, defensively, they're just not looking as sharp as what I expected them to. I do think that, again, they've signed these great attacking players. You know, you've got Buendia, you've got Coutinho, you've got Ollie Watkins. You want to use them to the best that you can. And, you know, you bring in um, Lucas Digne, who's a much more attack-minded left-back than perhaps Matt Target was. Um, and before you know it, you're a little bit top heavy and do leave yourself exposed a little bit and um, ultimately I do think that this game has all the ingredients to be another really high scoring one with two attacking units that are a lot better than the defensive units they're facing going head to head so really pleasantly surprised to see both teams to score trading around 1.75 on the exchange um, you know if you throw in over two and a half goals as well you can get around 1.9 on the sports but with the bet builder but I'm happy just to take both teams to score uh, at, at that price, I think it's a really, really good bet, and I'm really looking forward to this game as well. I think that, that it's got all the ingredients to be a really good game. Hey, mate, just a quick one from you on on Newcastle. They they do look slowly but surely a better proposition under Eddie Howe, but he needed to make those signings, didn't he? Because actually, they they didn't seem to really get the best out of the players initially when Eddie Howe and his coaching team got there it was a bit of a damp squib wasn't it but now you just think they have a bit more balance Gimaraes should help them in that regard in that midfield and just set that base for them definitely I think the only thing is we kind of discussed earlier it's just like how much can you read into the kind of midweek performance just given how bad uh how um how bad the opposition was That's but true. just <laughs> even, even even before that though as in like like coaching is like what coaching should be is is kind of getting the absolute most of the players available to you. So he's turned Joe Linton from a joke of a centre forward, a 40 million centre forward who's worth maybe half that or less to now a midfielder who might even be worth the money they spent on. So I think that, that, I think that that's a huge feather in his cap. Yeah. I, although there was a lot of kind of memes and banter going around about, oh yeah, Newcastle have all this money yet they're signing Dan Byrne and Kieran Trippier. The reality is I, I actually think like the Chris Wood signing was a bit shaky, but ultimately that's twenty million on a centre forward. That's not much money, and and they and they weakened. Well, possibly maybe they didn't weaken Burnley that much given Veghorst came in. But I could see what they were thinking there. I think Dan Byrne was a good signing given the price they paid from Matt Target. And I think it was a solid signing. Um, like I, 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 Trip, Trippier yeah, was an excellent signing given, given given the money that was spent. And like Gimarresh's stats were so. If you're going to spend big money on a player, spend it on a player who's outstanding pressing and passing stats, which Gimarresh has. So I I. I yeah, I actually I really liked what Newcastle did, and I think they they they're definitely the players to stay up for sure. Yeah, the Joe Linton thing's interesting because in Germany he was always a link player, really. I mean, I think the temptation is to look at him and think he's some big burly centre forward, but he was never really that when he was at Hoffenheim. He was somebody who would drop a bit deeper and do a bit more damage there. So I think Eddie Howe has done really well with that. Couple of games in Europe now with Marco Hare, starting with Serie A, of course. Empoli against Cagliari. Now, is this Mark our traditional Italian goals bet? I think so. Yeah, um, there's a few interesting games in Italy this weekend. This one really did pique my interest because we got newly promoted Empoli, who are quite comfortable in mid-table uh, after a really strong start to the season. They're now winless in seven. But they are only 12 points, I say only, but they are 12 points off the drop. And uh, Cagliari are, are sort of resurgent and outside of the bottom three now after three wins in five and four defeats in 12. Uh, and if they were to win away at Empoli, suddenly Empoli do get dragged a little bit closer to the bottom three. So they need to sort of arrest their worrying slide, although performances have been pretty good despite those results. So last weekend they drew 0-0 
away at Empoli, their first goalless draw of the season, but they dominated that match, created plenty of opportunities and really should have scored, hit the woodwork and had a few other missed chances. But um, yeah, I don't expect them to, to sort of be quite so profligate this weekend against a Cagliari team who've kept just one clean sheet all season. Uh, despite their resurgence, they are involved in plenty of kind of goal-heavy games and actually if you combine these two teams they've managed just five clean sheets between them in 48 league games this season which is saying something. Empoli do tend to score, they've scored in 20 of their 24 fixtures since promotion and um, matches in their Tuscany home stadium, quite a decrepit old stadium, have been really really wild this season. Um, Four goals per game on average across the 12 matches, 11 of which have gone over two and a half goals, 10 of which have featured both teams scoring Uh, and despite being at home Empoli have actually conceded multiple goals in 10 of those 12 home matches which is crazy really. They've conceded 15 goals in six games against the bottom half teams and and Cagliari will go there with plenty of confidence after beating Atalanta away from home last weekend. Uh, Very rare that the Sardinians get results away from away from home, but they are starting to do that under Mazzari, and I think they're more than capable of playing their part in quite an enjoyable game. So both teams to score and over two and a half goals, around about 1.9. It wouldn't be a football-only better weekend if we didn't have a Serie A goals bet. Now, do you feel that an unfair moment has cost you a winning bet? Then let Dimitar Varbatov know. You see what we've done. He He's actually called Dimitar Berbatov, but we've used VAR to call him Varbatov. This is great banter. Let Dimitar Varbatov know, and you could get your bet paid out. Send any examples over the weekend to at Betfair on social media using the hashtag VARBATOV, and the former Spurs and Manchester United striker will make his ruling. I can hear some of you saying, ah, oh, that's just a gimmick. They don't properly do that. Yes, they do. As an example, Mr. Justice Berbatov recently ruled that Manchester United were unjustly dumped out of the FA Cup by Middlesbrough after that ridiculous handball goal, and it was ridiculous. So Betfair refunded all single bets on Manchester United to win the competition. So it is worth sending your slips through. Finally, Mark O'Hare, a trip to Switzerland. It's been a while, hasn't it? But uh, FC Zurich have... uh... (laughs) Featured a few times on the podcast already this season. Uh, I think we've highlighted some really nice value on their matches. The market's often moved with us and they've tended to deliver the goods. They are still top of the league in the Super League in Switzerland. Uh, They've returned from the winter break with back-to-back wins. And because Basel and Young Boys have come a cropper, they lead the league by nine points. Um, Ten points clear of Young Boys, nine of Basel. Really impressive stuff uh, from Andre Breitenreiter's team. Uh, They're currently in the run of uh, 12 games unbeaten, ten of which have been wins. Uh, they've won eight from eight recently as well. And actually, if you exclude uh, their sort of uh, title rivals, Basel and the Young Boys, Zurich have won 13 of 16 league games this term. At home, they've got eight wins, two draws and zero defeats. And they're averaging 2.6 goals per game. If you look at the, the XG and then the underlying numbers, all very strong as well, generating around two non-penalty expected goals per game on home soil. And now they're playing Lugano this weekend, who are actually fourth in the table. So they look pretty decent, but... Um, Away from home, they've lost half of their 10 matches. They feature, or they basically rate around a bottom 40 when playing away from home in the Super League. And they've actually lost, um, they've actually only taken one point from seven matches against FC Zurich, Young Boys and Basel this season, scoring just twice in those seven games and taking an average share of 33% of the XG as well. So pretty poor. Uh, Zurich have beaten them twice already this season and I'm expecting them to make it three from three. They're around 1.8 to win, and I expect that price to contract significantly before Sunday. 
Well, that's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. We've got a Champions League show coming up on Monday as we look ahead uh, to the ties in the last 16. We'll look at the outrights as well. Uh, lots of other shows on the Betfair Network too. We've got the Cheltenham Rawcast looking ahead to the festival. We've got NFL Only Better ahead of the Super Bowl. We've got Cricket Only Better as well check us out on social at betfair or at betfair racing or simply go to betfair.com from jake from emmett from mark and from me it's goodbye for now